now to the baying of the hound. It is another honor to have with me for his second interview with us, Coach Derek Sierra. Woo! What's going on, everybody? How you doing? We're doing Getting good. Coming right? back from the street, eight seven zero, so not home yet. No, it's interesting. We'll actually get straight into that because you've just been training with one of my um, one of my coaches, Harry, for a few days, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. I, you know, I met him. I said, hey, man, Jason, what's up? He's like, okay. Then he did an imitation of you, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, man. He's good at that, man. He does imitations of, of um, Billy Robinson and everything, yeah. man. He's actually, he's, yeah. he's a pretty good mimic. Although I have to say, I've never heard his impression of me, so I'll be dying to hear yeah. it. Probably it was real quick. It was swearing. real quick. <laughs> so, yeah. now, it was good. He was there for the first two days. You couldn't be there today because he had to get back. So, I didn't realize, you know, he's moved to Tampa. Hmm. Yeah, so I was like, oh, okay. So he's training with Tampa HEG and stuff. But yeah, it was it was it was a lot of good information between him and Jake. And then today, so the gym we were at was this guy Dave Patron's gym. Yep. So the picture I sent you, the, the guy that's like to the left of me. Yes. Right, it's his gym. He's a black belt and jets, and he has a wrestling. Oops, excuse me. He has a wrestling background. You guys there? Okay. Yes. Sir. He has a wrestling background. So what he was showing was crate stuff from the cradle. Nice. And it was. I, I loved it because it was like simple stuff and submissions into the cradle, like simple sneaky stuff. I was like, yo, that's what's up. One of the interesting yeah. things, I mean, it's always cool when I found out that you were into the catch side of things too, because, you know, I'm always banging the gospel of catch. Um, yeah. As an art style goes, it's very big on simplicity within what it does. So it's like, I'm not trying to do some tornado, Oma Plata, leg bar shit or anything like that. I'm literally going to fold your ass into your head and hold you there until you run out of air. It's, it's, there's a real devastation to it. It's So, I mean, the reason I kind of like went into it because, you know, like we, we talked about last time, you know, I used to watch professional wrestling. We were, we were into that. And I used to like the moves and the holds, right? But I was like, man, I wish I could do that like for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I could actually submit people, you know what I mean? But, you yeah. know. You know, that it was it was it was a performance, right? So then they have like, you know, they had regular wrestling, but then they have like the submission grappling, submission wrestling right there. And I've always liked submission grappling. Like so that's why, you know, I did the jets and this and that, but I was never really into the geek. So back when I started, there wasn't too much no geek stuff. A lot of stuff was like unless you did MMA, right? But most of the stuff even then when you had to, you still had to train in the gi, this and that, because it was just early on and that's just how it was. Unless you wrestled, but I didn't wrestle when I was a kid. So then I would just do no gi this, no gi that. And um, then I saw the catch wrestling guys were doing like seminars and certifications. Oh, let me check that out, right? Just so I can get my training in. And it's still no gi stuff, but it's now more wrestling based, but with submissions. Yes. So, yeah. And some of the stuff, like with anything, you know, I'd be like, oh, I like that. I'll never do that. But what I just saw there, I like that. Because that, that's my style. And like, just like with JKD, right? You get stuff and then you pick what fits you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you found that, I mean, I found the more I explore arts, and it's an interesting point that you raise, even though I wouldn't do it, I'm aware someone else might. So even if it's not something I do, I know some sneaky shit's going to try it on me at some point. Yeah. So you kind of, even not doing it, you have to know it. And this is, again, yes. find the cause of your own ignorance kind of vibe, you know? Yeah. So you, so you, you get familiar with it, right? Yeah. So when you see a guy trying to get in a position, and you're like, oh, I've seen this before. I've even thought it before because you drilled it. And then you'd be like, oh, I know what he's trying to do, you know? So, yeah, it's the same thing, yeah. 
Have you found over the years that there's been fundamental shifts in your game by gaining exposure to the different style of doing things or a different way of doing things? Or do you find it's more refinements to the game that you already have? Uh, you know what? I think even at my age, I'm still learning and I'm, and I'm still throwing things in there. So there is a shift a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I refine my, my little boxing this and that. But then, you know, I kind of shifted. Because you know I'm not as fast, right? Because, you know you lose your reflexes, this and that. So I kind of shifted into the into the clinch world, right? Because you know I started doing a lot of clinch stuff with Luis Gutierrez and them, because you know he was part with Matt Thornton and they did a lot of clinch mm -hmm. with Randy Couture and those guys. So I started doing that a lot of that like in 2001, 2002. So a lot of my and then when I got with John, that even made it even better with John Clark, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he, he he did the Greco this and that. So if you notice, a lot of my grappling is upper body grappling. Yes, it is. You know, I mean, I might go for a leg hammer in there, but you know, as you get older, even if you have a wrestling background, you're not gonna be able to take those shots as fast anymore. It is what it is. Yeah. But you could always grab somebody up top and then work from there and fight, do whatever, and make more of a grind, throw the elbows, dirty boxing, and stuff like that. So yeah, and then I just combine that with the dirty boxing and with the tie fence, and and that's kind of my my thing. A lot of hand fighting, you know. It's interesting you mention as you get older, I feel like my body's been permanently old for several years, which has influenced the way I've, uh, uh, I've kind of developed my style. Um, when you look back at some of the older guys, and I was uh, communicating this to some of the guys the other day, um, you look at a guy like Sugar Ray Robinson, very wide and based, and, and you know he was very explosive. But then you look at a guy like Joe Lewis, who was much more upright and methodical in the way he walked forward. Yeah. Same in the wrestling world. I mean, arguably one of the most famous, certainly of the American wrestlers, was Frank Gotch. Um, yeah. He stood yeah. bolt upright. I mean, he was like a honeymoon right in the fucking air. He was just, yeah. he was really up. So he didn't do a lot of the big drops and things like that. Well, um, that, and that, that was, and that's from, from Catch. Yeah. Remember all those, all those old school guys, we're talking about like the 1800s, early 1900s, right? A lot of that stuff was like the cats and then they did a little bit of rough and tumble American stuff. Yes, but it was is. all, and then if you look at what? If you look at the bare knuckle boxing, it was all straight up. Exactly. Right? Well, what was, I mean, if you look at the guys like Fred Beale or Farmer Burns, um, a lot of the guys that were around at the same time, Farmer Burns, of course, taught Gotch, but they had yep. that much more lowered posture, like what you call the conventional grappler stance. Frank just. So much so that in his lessons, Farmer Burns actually said Frank Gotch has an unusual upright posture. Um, it's just I'm, what he developed. I did yeah. it because I blew my back out. So I can't squat as much because I find it puts a massive strain down my left-hand side. And if I'm going to pull it, that's yeah. when I'm going to pull it. So exactly. my game very much was influenced by my injuries. Over the years, have you found similar for yourself? Like there's been dictates that have meant you fought a simple, a, sing, a sort of way or have you evolved into it? Like you said, you get older and a little slower, so you can refine it down. Um, For me, I had big shifts. Have you ever had any of those big shifts or was it gradual evolution? I don't know if it was a big shift. I mean, you, you know, I have the injuries like the back and the knee, so like, I'm not going to take a, I could teach a shot, teach level changes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I probably won't do it unless it's just right there, right? Yes. But I think that also comes from my, my background of boxing. Yeah. Right? And, and staying them up. You bend a little bit, but when you're tall, you fight tall. When you're short, you fight short. So I think it's kind of the same a little bit when you when you grappling, right? If I have a shorter guy, short stocky guy, I'm gonna show him, and and he and he doesn't have any injuries. I'm like, yeah, you can work the clinch, but now you gotta learn to change that level real quick. Drop low, grab the leg. 
You know what I mean? Well, if I have a taller guy, but I control that head, control that, learn how to sprawl, learn how to stop the guy from going for your legs, this and that. So, and that's, that's and that's the way to do it, though. I mean, it's an interesting. You bring that up. You, you fight tall, you fight short, um, uh, because it's very hard to explain to people um, that no, you don't all fight the same damn way. I mean, and boxing is the purest expression of that. And you look Ali Foreman and Frazier, three guys. Yeah. Not one of them throws anything the same. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Yet it's the same punches and shit. Yeah, it's uh, I, as a matter of fact, it's funny because one of the guys that I trained with, you know, he he's uh, he wrestled in college. He's good, but but he's short and he you know he's low on sort of ground. So when when he's boxing, when I have him boxing, he stands straight up, right? And I said, no man, you need to fight short. You need to fight like like a Joe Frazier, like a Tyson. You know what I mean? And I said, you need to squat a little bit, this and that. So uh, it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, do you find that's a hard thing to do as a coach, actually fundamentally get people to go against what they want to do and give them what they need to do instead? Um, not really. I don't find it too hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, most, most, most students or clients or whatever, they usually do. Now, okay, on the fitness side, it's different. And, and the fighting side, they usually kind of do what you tell them because they have, like, no experience, or even if they do, right? Yeah. But the fitness side, they're like, no, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this instead. I don't want to do that instead because it's totally different. I don't want to lift. I just want to tone or, you know, <laughs> oh, no, you know, if I do too much cart, you know. But on, on the fighting side, martial arts side, most people, when they come to you, they come in you and they don't really have that experience. And, and so you're really the subject matter expert. And well, it's you, not you, like... You'd think that, which is why I was asking the question, because I seem to spend 50% of my classes explaining to some person, no, no, you don't do it that way. Even I don't care what you've done before. You do it this way because I'm... Okay, so, it. so they usually... So the people you're getting like that, are they usually coming from an, uh, another background? Yeah, typically. They, want to, they either want to add something or sometimes it seems they want to show me what they know, so I'll bow down to them. Yeah, you see that sometimes. Like, you, you show something like... Even, even the Flitzy, I'm showing... It, like, we're doing an in-service, let's say, right? Uh-huh. And I'm showing, oh, boy, this and that. And I want to go, oh, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's cool, you know? I, you know, I'll use that as let them go. I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you, you know, if, if you're good at that, you knew you could work that. You know, I let them go like that, yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the Derek Sierra equivalent of go fuck your hat. It's like, you know, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm literally not going to tell you anything else. I'm stopped on, I'm not talking yeah. to you anymore. So, <laughs> so let's know. say, and let's, let's take ourselves, we got our prototype student now. So I'm bringing him in. What's the first thing you get this guy do? Let's assume we, we take fitness out of the equation because the first okay. thing is like, you know, like, you know, stuff your ass dragging on the ground yeah. walk. Um, but if we take fitness out of the equation, what's the first thing you start a student on when they come with you? First thing I start a student on, stance. Okay. Proper stance and then movement. Yeah. Even even if, even, yeah, no matter what, if it's self-defense, just boxing, because everything starts from the stance and, and the movement is all the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's whichever direction you go, that foot goes first. You know, you got to have a good balance and that's it. Yeah. And that pragmatism is important. Do you think that's actually coming from a full contact background? Because you's like, you know, you can theorize and know all this fancy shit all day long, but at some point, someone's going to smash you in the mouth. I think, well, that, and, and if you if you look at just like an athletic background or a sporting background, if you look at other sports, the main thing is still having a prop, the proper athletic stance, right? And then a, a being able to move, movement. A good athletic foundation, athletic stance, and movement. Uh, you go to a sprinter, that, they got to have their leg back, heel up, ready to go. You know, if you got to move to the left, you got to be ready to go. So, yeah, it, it all kind of intertwines when you think about it, you know? 
Oh, undeniably. And that's, again, it's, it's one of the great dichotomies. People always want to do something more. Um, and I was, I was as guilty of it as anyone, certainly when I was coming through. But these days now I get just as excited about a, a well-executed slip as I do about an excited knockout because it's just that you can extrapolate just as much information yeah. from that as anything else. You know? Um, so speaking, speaking of that, you see the fight this weekend? Hey, no, I've taken them. Don't no spoilers. Okay. I won't say anything. Won't no say spoilers. <laughs> so they're on they're on record. Well, I say taped. I'm okay. aging myself now. No, they're recorded. Yeah. So you know, it's, right. I'll be watching later on. Good fights. Good fights. Well, and that's the other thing as well. The fight scene itself, um, it, it seems to go through stages of burst and refinement. So. You know, you start off, obviously, we had the bare knuckle back in the day. Then the gloves came in. Then you had the Jack Johnsons. Then the yeah. Jack Dempsey's. Then, obviously, we got, you know, the Joe Lewis, who I still say is the first of the modern-style boxers. The Sugar Ray, the you know, the idea of the pound-for-pound guy. And, and all these evolutions through the game, the, you know, the names like Ali, Tyson, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. We almost get to a point where everybody is kind of the same now. And I'll clarify that. Obviously, some fighters are better than others but you don't get the standouts as much. And in the MMA game, everybody's incredibly similar. It's just a case of who can manage to get their shit done before anybody else does. Do you yeah. think that's a natural progression of the way the fight game goes? It's just, you, we just keep adding to what has come before. And in doing so, do you think we sometimes lose sight of bits and pieces? Well, as far as boxing, right? It's, it's, it's four basic punches, right? Movement, this and that. And when you get to a certain level, everybody's going to kind of be there. Mm. You have some that just maybe they have, they had that thing, right? That, yeah. that extra that somebody doesn't have, which makes that's which makes them great. Right. Maybe they just had that certain more mentality or, or power this and that, and it separates them. The thing that's God given, let's say. Yeah. Right. But with that, mostly everybody else, like in the, if you look at the top 10, Right, most of those guys, they're at the same level. And with boxing, guys will fight each other, and they, and and you know it's more of a business as far as having a perfect record and this and that. Right. But if everybody fought each other, kind of like back in the old days, right? Because they had back in the old days, they weren't making a lot of money, so they had to fight every week. It is what it is, you know. Now that this guy's not gonna fight every week because he can make a forgot a top guy can make let's say not even a top guy, let's say a, a guy that's up there. And he can make, let's say, just 50 Gs for a fight, just 50. He's probably not going to fight every week or every month because, you know, he's trying to market himself. And you fight every week, every month, and you fight tough guys, you might have all night, and you might lose to that guy even if you beat him five more other times. Right. So with boxing, it's like, you know, I got to have a good record, this and that, and you're moving up. MMA is different. And the reason why it's different because everybody's trying to be in the UFC. Yes. That's the big, that's the big, that's the big thing, right? One game in so, and, and what is good about the UFC is they don't really look at your record. If you put in on a good fight and, and you bring it in the crowd, that's what matters. So you have these guys with these, with these like horrible records. If it was a boxing record, that would be horrible, right? But they're like stars and they're still making good money. Well, good money, pretty good money, right, for Biden. Well, relatively and, speaking, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and they're on the UFC and they're on like main events and this and that because they bring it. And then with, with the UFC, these guys are fighting each other. They're fighting tough guys. And sometimes maybe they bring these guys in that are young, but they're like a prospect. And maybe they put them in too soon with a good guy. Mm. And it might ruin them, but it might not. It all depends. 
So you'll see, you don't really see too many undefeated guys unless it's just a special guy like a John Jones. Sure. Right? Or a Khabib. But those guys are the top of the top. But everybody else, I mean, look at them. They, got, they have a few losses here, a few losses there. They've been submitted. They've been stopped, you know, but they fight. And that's how it was in boxing. Unless you were like a Sugar Ray Robinson who was like, what, 80? He, he went like 100 fights before he, with only one loss. He was like 104 and one, right? Yeah. And that's when he lost to Jake LaMotta like after his 80th fight. But that's a special fighter. But all these other fighters, they were fighting each other, right, to get to the top. So they might have like five, ten fights against the same person. And the record might be split between the two or whatever. That's just how it was. And MMA is kind of like that now. So MMA is like the way boxing was back in like the 1800s and the early 1900s. As far as guys, just tough guys just going against each other. Well, that's an, I mean, which brings up the second question as well. Because in the same way that the technological advances within the sport change it, um, the business side has changed it too as well. Because as you said, we've got to protect that all. You know, we've got to get, keep that zero. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, especially with boxing, you got to keep the zero. It's been like that for a while. Yeah, where, where MMA, MMA, you don't have to keep the zero. You just got to be able to fight, and you got to put on a good fight. Because mm. like, especially with the UFC, right? If if, you, if you're a good fighter and you're boring, you might not be called back unless you're special, right? If you're undefeated, then you know you. But you got you're gonna have to work to get up there, you know. But if you're exciting, and you have like 15 losses and, and 20 wins, let's say, right, which is a horrible record in boxing, right? Mm-hmm. You could do a main event. You know? This is true. This is very yeah, true. I mean, so it's just different. With business coming in to the martial arts, and I'm moving away from the sport a bit into a more general area with this question, do you find that that's probably influenced the way we train as teachers and within our class environment now? Because, like, no one wants to come in and literally get shit canned for two hours and then come back again in two days' time and do it. There's a softening of what we offer because we have to market it. I mean, I could teach the best art in the world with the best training and the mm-hmm. hardest training that will get you ready. I'll have three students. Um, yeah. Or I can present a more palatable menu and I'll get 15 to 20 through the door. I don't necessarily dilute down is probably the wrong word, but I have to make certain adjustments to the paradigm of my teaching method. Do you find you have to make radical changes between your private clientele, your law enforcement clientele, and your professional fighter clientele? Or is it just a case of how much you turn the volume up? So if we're talking about law enforcement, like my, my, my regular job, right? You know, there you have to follow the lesson plan and SOPs and stuff. So sometimes you just can't show what you want to show, right? <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? But with I'm kind of lucky for my job because the lesson plan is pretty open. So if you have if you have that skill set and imagination, you could you could show stuff within a lesson plan because it's based on a lot of stuff is based on principles. Right. So as long as you follow those principles, there's a lot of things you could show within those principles. You know, as long as you're not going away from the principles and showing some like crazy old triple triple tornado kick, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Can you imagine seeing the rest of that? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like one of the moves I learned this way. You know, you got the, the double wrist lock and you throw them over. And I'm not going to show you. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Even though I like that move, but right. But and then private clients out, it all depends who you have as a, as a private client. Hmm. You know, like let's say you have 
Okay, I used to have, for instance, when I was in, in uh, Northern Virginia, I had this guy, right? And he was a lawyer. And he used to wrestle like back in high school. You know, just regular. He wasn't really like. And he would want to spar. So I would spar him, but you're not going to kill him either. You know, I just mm -hmm. play, play, because, you know, chap him, play this and that, right? And uh, so you can still, and, and when I find, and now we go back to the class, a classroom setting, right? You can still have like the sparring and the rolling, and then you could do rolling, right? Where you do just like isolated rolling and you just work, or you work games and now like, or drills, right? So now like they're getting that, they're getting that stuff, like maybe jab versus just jab versus jab with big 18 ounce gloves. They're not really gonna get hurt, right? And they get going easy and it builds their confidence and they're having fun and they're sweating and they get in the workout. And then eventually if they stay with it, you just add on, add on, add on, nice and gradual. You kind of like the the crawl, walk, run method. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So you're at, you're not changing what you do. You're just changing the speed at which you're exposing to it. Exactly. Because I'm still showing them the jab. Like right now I'm training uh, these three girls, like their sisters. Actually, just five of them. It's like two pairs of sisters, right? They're like te they're teenagers. And I show them some boxing and then some grammar stuff. So... I had them have, I had them, they had the gloves on the other day and I had them with the, um, the kick, the shin, the shin pads, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want you to kick nice and slow. And then I showed them how to block and they would, they would just move around and then they would try to kick their sister in the leg and then they would block it and they weren't going crazy, but you know, their sisters, they want to get competitive, but it's like, and they're learning it now. And that's just I only, I only see them like once a week for an hour. So I don't really have enough time for them to train them and develop them like I want. Right. Right. Because honestly, you get somebody once a week for an hour, you know, they don't have to be with you for like five years. Unless, unless they're doing the stuff on their own. Yes, which now, is if they're doing everything, the, the big if they, caveat. If they're yeah. dedicated and they're doing it on their own, they come back. But let's be real, they're not doing, must have been on their own, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get, if you get like a, a student coming, let's say just three days a week, right? And they're training constantly for those three days a week, right? And, and, They've been with you, let's say, a year, and they constantly for three days a week. They're going to be so much of a different animal from when they first started in that year, especially if you train them right. And because it's about self, some usually when somebody comes to martial arts, for the most part, especially if it's an adult, right? They want self defense. They want to be, when it really comes down to it, right? Unless they're trying to compete, they, they want to know how to protect themselves. They want to know how to fight to protect themselves. So you got to basically be able to teach them that, but they're going to need to be able to spar and roll because they're not, you're never really going to be able to protect yourself if you never get punched or taken down because you got to be able to feel it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So. Reminds me of, um, there was a story Teddy Atlas told in, uh, in his book about when he was, uh, he used to be coach at Gleason's, um, you know, the New York one, um, which was a, a famous boxing gym. But used to yeah, in Brooklyn. I, I trained there a couple of times. Yeah, there you go. Well, Gleason's it was, was always the open, it was an open gym, wasn't it? So you get a lot of you get the white collar as well as the blue collar, and yeah. You know, so uh, back at first, they didn't have white collar. Then, then I forgot white collar. Finally, I think it was the late eighties or maybe the early nineties is when they started the white collar stuff because you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you had blue, guys with money that wanted to get in shape, but they weren't going to spar. So basically, that's what they called the white collar. Yeah. But Gleason's had a, an open door policy, a little more lax. Not everybody where was a grinder, and he was telling the story. There was a guy that was basically a mob boss. 
used to uh-huh. go in there and you know and nobody was gonna like you know stick one on the mob boss so they'd like oh yeah you're doing awesome and they're going calm and you know yeah 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 hold them oh wow you know and spar with him and all this and roberto duran was there once he was like visiting the gym and the mob <laughs> boss was like oh yeah let's, let's spar and duran was like yeah sure <laughs> just starched him inside like a few seconds like, like zero fucks to give have no idea who this guy was unless you just stretched yeah. out um, but it is so i mean so that's i mean that's the lesson we can take away as instructors you you actually don't need to dial down you just go slower you go slow into yeah that. yeah you just i mean because you bring somebody even if you bring think about it, even if you bring somebody in a young kid that has aspirations of being a fighter mm-hmm. all right and you bring them in there and and this is and this is what happened and and you know and I have I have sometimes a habit of doing it too not as much anymore but because because the environment I grew up in in boxing it was like you going in sometimes they put you in the ring right away and it's sink or swim yeah and that's not necessarily the best environment to start but that's just how it was you know what I mean but if you you bring somebody in there and you put them in there and you be like all right go in there, let me see what you got just because you want to see want to see how tough he is let's say right. You know, and he goes in there, and you put him against a guy, and the guy doesn't know how to work with him, and the guy just destroys him. You, he might come back, right? He might be one of those special ones, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess this kid up. I'm gonna get my revenge, and I'm gonna train. Right? But there's not a lot of people like that. No, there's not. Right? What's gonna happen is he's not gonna come back. He's oh, forget this. Or he might come back, but he might be gun shy now for a long time, and may, may never live up to his full potential. Because some people, you some people are stars right away. You see it, but then some te- some people will take time. Like they might not look special right away, but they've been trained. They train, and then five years down the road, it hits, and they're like, "Oh, this guy is special." But if you don't give them that chance, you'll never know that. And it always seems to be a disservice to expect um, someone to be right out the gate, swinging knuckle and and, and going for it. I mean. There's so many yeah. people you get coming through the door. The act of actually getting in the gym in the first place to even speak to you about training was a huge step for them. It took them exactly. weeks to work up the courage. Yep. If you're then going to pop them in the beak as soon as they're like, you know, first class, you're not doing yeah. them any fa- I mean, certainly you ain't going to get a student out of them, but you might take away from that person the one thing they need that's going to help them cope with life. And, and it's yeah. you're doing them a, a massive disservice by doing so. Yeah, it's that mentality. Oh, you want to be a fighter, huh? Okay, let's see. No nah, man, you can't. You can't come in them like that, you know. No, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> no, you know? I'm gonna teach you. You're gonna have fun, and if you want to fight, cool. We'll go from there. We'll yeah, see where we exactly. Are. But these guys, you know, sometimes some of it is, or some some of the trainers were always looking for the next best thing for them. Like, oh, let me see. Maybe this is this is my guy. This is my ticket. But what happens anyway? No, it's not your ticket because that guy's special, and then he left you for somebody that had more money once he moved up. I think that's, again, one of the difference between a fighting camp and a commercial gym. Because a commercial gym, you train people and occasionally people fight. Out of a fight camp gym, it's like, you're all fighters. That's it. You know, some of you are just going to be better than others. So that's possibly part of that expectation piece as well. Because, like, when people yeah. – we, we give people the opportunity to compete at, uh, at Esteem and Havoc. We don't expect it. If you want to do it, fine. We'll help yeah. you. But there's no expectation you're going to compete because we know that's not for everybody. It's a need exactly. for almost. And, and, and that, that was the big difference between a boxing gym and a martial arts gym. Yes. Now they have, like, joint boxing gyms. You go, you do your, like you said, white collar, this and that. 
and, and, and box fit, whatever you want to call it. They even have a, a gym. I think it's called nine round or eight round. Nine it's, rounds, it, yeah. Nine round. And it, it's a gym, right, that's based on just a boxing workout. I think they do, like, rounds. So I'm going to tell you a story. I might get in trouble. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I like it uh, already. Because I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. But, and I, I might be – I don't know if I'm 100% because, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I believe the guy that started that, right, I think – I can't remember his name, but I'm going to tell you the story. And they want to hit me up. They hit me up. I don't do it. I don't care. Right? So – my butt, this is when I was an air marshal, right? And I was training in, in, in uh, you know, I was in D.C. and I and I taught in, in no MMA. And one of my buddies comes up to me, hey, you know, a friend of mine that went to BMI, right? Because he went to BMI with, with me. You know, he used to, he boxes, this and that. You know, he, you know, and he's here, blah, blah, blah. He's a, he wasn't pro. The kid wasn't pro yet. And he boxed in college. He was good, right? He's like, yeah, I said, I'm going to come over to the gym. You know, we'll work, you know, cool, right? So the dude comes to the gym. Right, <laughs> but he was a smaller dude, though. So, in all fairness, he was a smaller dude. So we spar, and you know, I was what? In my late thirties, late thirties. So I wasn't like forty-nine or fifty now. Sure. And I'm bigger. That's another thing, right? I'm bigger. So you know, I didn't beat him, beat him up. You know, I wasn't gonna be like, I'm gonna kill the kid because he's a smaller dude. But you know, I think I got him with a body shot. You know, my fame. I think I did get one of my famous body shots. Your trademark body shot. Yeah. That everyone's yeah. felt at some point. <laughs> and then he, he never came back to spar again, right? So I tell, I tell, I'm not saying names, but I tell my, my buddy, I was like, yo, man, what's up? Dude came in. Yeah, he never came back, though, whatever. And I, so he wound up having a good pro record, though, actually. He won, like, the state title. Like, you know, he, he had, like, so, like, we were talking about records. My record is horrible, right? And then so I see these guys that, you know, I sparred and, and I read up this and that. And then they had the good pro records because maybe they would move right away, right? And he wound up having a good record, you know, winning like a little state title, this and that. And then I think that guy, I think he's the one that started the nine round thing. No way. <laughs> I think so. I, I think. I'm not a hundred percent, but I think he did either that or he at least had a fran has a franchise, maybe in Virginia. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he didn't start it, but he does he does have a didn't have the franchise. I was like, oh, I remember that dude. <laughs> that's, that, that's that one I slapped stupid in the gym. <laughs> yeah, like, that's when it came in there. He thought he was better than he was, and I just beat him up a little bit with niceness. <laughs> I guess I'm, sometimes I'm a bully, I guess. I don't know. Do you find these days that people still underestimate you even with what you've done? You mean as far as like if, if they don't know me? Yeah, they kind or, of come. You mean like in the, they come to the gym? You mean or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you still get those unconscious challenges when you when you're teaching. Well, and you're just, yeah, you know. that is true. I don't know if they underestimate. Okay, let me give you an example. We have this new guy. He's a cool guy. He's a cool, combo dude too, right? And he's like two years older than me, so he's older. And he had a pre fought pro, but he didn't turn pro to like maybe forty. Right. And he has a 6-0-4 record, and he wants some kind of, like, minor pro title. What title are you really going to win 6-4, right? But it's like, you know, those little titles. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, state title or whatever, right? So he's six. He's a legitimate 6-0. No, six, six wins, one draw, four knockouts, right? If you look box right, you know, look at it, right? So he's detailed to us down there, right? Because he works. He's with, he's with an agency, but he's detailed three to five years. So everybody was like, Derek, we got this guy coming. He's a boxer. This and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. So we meet, and he's a real nice dude, right? So the other day, 
I had just finished exercise, and he, he says, hey, you want to you wanna move around a little bit? I was like, yeah, cool, right? So we go in, he puts us, he has all his gear, right? You know, he's wrapped up and good. And uh, he says, you got a headgear? I said, no, I don't wear a headgear. He said, well, I'll go super light. I said, you don't have to go light. And I said, I said, look, I don't fight anymore, so I don't wear a headgear because I'm not worried about getting cut and now I can't fight. You know what I mean? And I said, plus with headgear, when I put my head down, now I can't see when I'm tucking my chin. So it blocks my vision. So I told him that. So we going, rah, 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 jabbing him, right? Because he, he's older. He's two years older than me, so his reflex is slow, too. It's slow, actually slower, right? You know what I mean? And he knows his stuff, but his reflex is slow, and he's a little shorter than me, right? Like, he thought I think is super middleweight, whatever. So I'm just tearing him up with the jab, yo. Bah, right? And I don't even use my jab, right? And he was like, ooh, ooh you got a good jab. Ooh. So, <laughs> so I don't know if he underestimated, but, like, the way he started saying, like, so then he's like, wow, you a fighter. He said, you can fight, right? Right. He said, but you knew that already is what he says, right? So the way he was saying stuff like that, he probably didn't realize, like, oh, this dude is, is good. This dude really can fight. You know, so I'm sure going in there, he thinking he was, oh, I'll take a light on him, you know. And then he realized, oh, I don't have to take a light on him. He, he needs to take a light on me type thing. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, man, I, I like you. I'm glad I met you. <laughs> so it's almost like he overestimated himself rather than underestimated you. He's like, <laughs> and he did say like before, he's like, you know, I haven't sparred in a month and a half. My time is low. I say, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I, I could just tell already, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's old. He's he's older. He's like, I mean, I'm older too, but he's still he's like two years older than me, I think. But it it just, I don't think it would matter. Yeah. If I was make fights, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. just because you, you know it, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's that's why I'm like you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I look at my record or even my amateur record. And so I look like my name, it's not up there compared to like people where I've sparred or, or where I've been. I'm like, but I can't complain because I'm in a good place. And that's true as well. And it's, again, always half the story when you look at a record of what someone's doing. Um, like, like you said yourself, your record, like, because you started late, you had time away, you weren't doing it full time. It certainly doesn't reflect you as a fighter. And I've been in with a lot of pros and semi-pros and things like that as well. And frankly, standing in front of you with a pair of gloves up is a terrifying prospect. Um, but you, you never clung to it because it's, you've not allowed that to define you, which, again, is yeah. kind of speaking to that kind of old school mentality where you fight because you fight, not because you want to keep that O. So it's... Uh, yeah. It, it's, I mean, like, 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 you know... Like, sing, like, one time me and Singh were talking when I was down there, and I was like, you know, I wonder if I would have just wrestled, you know, and we were talking like, and so I said, well, what do you think, Singh? What do you think? If, if He says, well, I think you, you, for you, you would have been a great mixed martial artist. Yes. Not just one thing and another. And I'm, I said, yeah, I, I guess so. I said, I said yeah. Because that's, I mean, yeah, I love boxing, but I, I love martial arts and I love fighting, right? You know what I mean? I love the art. I mean, think about it. I saw I grapple and, and, and do all the other stuff. You know what I mean? It's just that boxing is what I started with because that, that was my, my environment. And there is that intelligence to your approach, your ability to blend between those disciplines. There's a, there's a natural progression the way you do things. Is there any discipline like or anything you wish you'd have done that you hadn't? And I don't necessarily mean, you know, won that belt or had more fights. I can think more of like, is there a style or an area that you wish you'd maybe explored a little more than you, you didn't get quite the chance to? Like that I haven't done at all? or that, that you, No, I mean, that you haven't really done to any level because obviously you've got exceptionally high-level grappling and striking and your law enforcement work. Is there anything like you've touched on and you wish, ah, wish I could have spent a bit more time doing that? Um, well, definitely as a kid, I would have wrestled. 
right. and took my boxing and took my boxing more serious, <laughs> right? De definitely that. But I think maybe more Thai boxing. Mm. Delved in some because you know I got I got uh, I got a little bit of level like the clinch, you know, but but definitely would have tried to take that maybe to a higher level, you know. That'd have been interesting, so, with especially yeah. the way you clinch with your mantis arms. Yeah. <laughs> Getting right of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I took, like, you know, when I started training with, uh, the first guy I really trained with Thai boxing was Mauricio. And he's pretty good. He, he has a gym down in, uh, he's down in South Florida, right, when I trained with Lewis. Right. So I got a lot of the clinch stuff from there. But, and you know, I know how to throw the kick, but I didn't, I didn't pick up the kicks as far as that much because I was always with the boxing and with the grappling and the clinch stuff, so. Mm. I think we just lost Derek temporarily. Sorry, he'll log in in a minute. Has anyone got any questions for Derek while we're waiting for him to log back on? You press and hold space bar on your computer, it'll tap you in. I'll raise your hand. Works too. Nope, that's fine. See if we can get him to come back in. This is a joyous. Lucky I know all you fuckers on here, so I don't have to make any massive public apologies. Because frankly, you can you can just sit there and wait. I'll just I'll just snip this. back on but it's interesting what we're waiting for Derek to actually come back online if you listen to the way Derek talks there he is and let's get that audio reconnected there brother I was just doing... got you back on Good. yeah we got you yeah sorry about that man everybody's trying to call me and something fries everything yeah um, you were talking about Muay Thai and how you'd um, yeah um, oh, want to because that is true. I don't think I've ever seen you kick much to be no, honest. No, well, I, I definitely, I mean, I teach somebody how to kick, but if, if I'm fighting, unless I'm just kicking somebody like stomping to somebody or a front kick, like I do a front kick, right? Yeah, yeah, but the tie kick is because first of all, my knees, and then it's all about timing, right? Of course. So, if I'm in here, matter of fact, let me, I had a, a kickboxing match, what's that, right? And I think I threw one kick. <laughs> I stopped the guy. I stopped. So, so it's funny, right? We're going in because it was supposed to be an MMA match, but my guy didn't show up. Right. So there was this other guy there, but he didn't want to do MMA because he was like a black thought in Taekwondo, okay, whatever, whatever. So I was like, ah, I'll do kickboxing. No biggie. But we could, there was no clinch, no nothing. It was just straight kickboxing, right? You could kick the leg, but it was no clinch, so no elbows and knees. Mm -hmm. Right. So we go there first round. I'm moving, moving. He's doing his thing, right? I don't even think I threw too many punches the first round, honestly. I'm just moving, right? And I think I threw the one kick I threw probably was in the first round, right? <laughs> and I'm doing my thing. And I finally turn it up and I finally stop him with a body shot in the third round. 
What, what was the, there used to be a rule set where you had to throw five kicks per round. Yeah, so that was so that that's that was like the full concept of kickboxing, and that was the different organizations, right? Like yeah, PKA, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Where because what was happening, you were getting guys that had good hands. Yeah. And they were going against these karate guys is doing full contact, but they didn't know how to box. So these guys were getting knocked out, right? So they made this rule: you gotta throw seven kicks around. If you don't throw seven kicks around, you get a point taken away. If it's two rounds straight that you don't do that, you get disqualified. Yeah. That's what it was. Yep. Because <laughs> the, so, box, the boxes would just yeah. knock everyone out. Yeah. Cool. But def definitely, yeah, I, I would have explored a tie. And, and and I don't know, maybe, maybe as far as competition-wise, I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, there's no. things I might have done different, but then I don't want to say that because I want to be where I'm at now. I wouldn't have met my wife maybe and have my children. So I always look at stuff like that, right? And that's the way, you know that's the I mean? best way to view it, you know. Re yeah. Don't regret yeah. What, you, what you've done. Regret what, you know. Yeah, like I'm like, well, what if I went to California after I made Frank's team and, and did that? You know, but what if, you know? That was a pretty cool experience. That was a pretty good one when I made the team. That was good. That is a good but, one. That, I mean, that's not an easy thing to go get into either, those teams. I mean, that's stiff requirement. Yeah, you go in there. You know how you, – you ever read the book uh, Lion's Den or whatever? Yeah, I got both of them, actually. The second one was phenomenal, if you've never read that one. Yeah, so, you know, he's uh, – you know how you're talking about – you got to do all the push-ups and the squats and stuff. So, it was kind of like that. But it, it wasn't It wasn't for Ken. Frank Shamrock had his own team. Mm -hmm. So, I was still in the military, but I was getting out in six months. And he had put an ad in Blackboard magazine. Having tryouts, blah, blah, blah. And they had it at AKA, right? AKA wasn't real big like it is now. Well, it was kick, it was more of a kickboxing gym, right? Because Javier Mendez you know, was kickboxing this and that. So I fly out, so I fly out to Cali, go try out. I make the team, me and this other guy make it, right? It was like maybe like seven of us and two of us made it. And uh I was you know, me and uh this is what I had hotmail back then. Emailing Frank, but he ain't not, you know, he says, yeah, you can fight pro. And so the thing was, when I was going to get out in April, I would go down to Cali, but I wasn't going to go to San Jose, even though the trials were there. I was going to go to El Segundo and train at Raw, the real, remember Raw? Real yes. American Wrestling. They had a team yes, with Rico yes. Chipperelli and all that. I was going to go train down there. Now, that would have been cool because I would have got my wrestling like, what? But uh, I was like, you know, yeah, I could have went there, got a job, but I was, you know, I got my daughters. I got a, make sure I'm with at least one of them so I can bring the other one so they can know each other. And I got to make sure I have insurance for them. So, you know, I took that route and I wound up not, not going. But it was cool. But, it, but so. the fact is you could have done. So it wasn't like, you know, you, you, you just chose not to, which is, again, it's, it's your choice, not the choice that the universe. Yeah, I took, I took, you know, I took what would be probably this more secure way and, and a secure way that I could take care of my daughters, basically. Like, if I was single, well, I was single. I was single, but, you know, if I didn't have any children at that time, yeah, yo, I'm out. Let's do this. You know? <laughs> you know, I don't have no worries. But, you know, I was like, nah. When you have, I like this. When you have kids, whether you want to or not, or when you have a family, it's a responsibility that you have to take care of, whether you want to or not. It's just, that's how I look at it. Everything you know what I mean? You know, you got no choice with that. Yeah. I mean, speaking so, of people wishing they'd done things differently or going back to the way things were. Tyson and Jones. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. No, we're going to discuss yeah. this. We're debating this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. 
So we well, had a little bit of a, a, a good-natured back and forth because, like, I mean, yeah, so you, you started it in fairness. So I'm, let, not, I'm not taking say, responsibility for this. Uh, so let's say it, it does happen because now it's like a little bit of a, was well, it going to happen now, right? But let's say it happens. And their competitive juices flow because it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... They're not playing around, and I just you know, cause you know they can play around, but they're like, no, no, we you know we trying we trying to see who's the man here, mm-hmm. let's say right, and they both come like that. The reason why I have to go with Tyson is because it is weight classes, and Roy was never a real heavyweight. We know this, yes, right. And if they would have fought when remember Roy wants to fight him in two thousand three when he won the title or this and that, yeah, I remember Tyson that. probably would have Tyson probably would have destroyed him back then. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Tyson was past his prime a little bit too, but it's just that's why there's weight classes, and Tyson's a special one, right? Roy's a special one too, but Tyson's a special one, and he just has that probably just power and speed, and 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 Roy just wasn't gonna be able to take that. Mm. He just wasn't, and he was gonna get caught because Roy doesn't. Roy Roy was a great fighter, but if you think about it, he didn't dance around the ring a lot. Like his offense, a lot of times was his defense, right? Very much so. And Tyson could take a beating and a punch. So it's not like Roy was going to just catch him one of them shots and hurt him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just wasn't happening. So he would have walked through Roy and he would have finally got him. You know? And I just think it's the same thing. Because they both passed their prime. Even though Roy's been fighting all this time, right? And that's, you know, that's another thing. Roy's been fighting all this time. That's a lot more punishment, right? Mm-hmm. That he's taken. That's a lot more punishment that he's taken. And he's shown that he is chinny a little bit, especially with these bigger guys that not even that aren't even like super super power punches. Yeah, I mean, he, he certainly doesn't have the whiskers anymore. No, I mean, because you never knew back in the day, because he never really yeah. took any big shots. You know? And he might have had. A, I mean, he 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 might have had a, a little bit back then, but you know, he you know losing that weight and then gaining that weight, and then as you get older, and then fighting fighting out of your weight class. The thing about it, when he was in the Olympics, he he started at junior middleweight. Mm. I mean, granted, he was 19, but 19, you're already still kind of up there. It's not like you're 15 at that weight. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that's just that's just what I think. If they were just trying to box, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's I'm only half joshing because I think it's again, if if the the feathers come up and stuff like that, Tyson's probably going to put his head in the third row. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just a fact. Because Roy Roy's not going to hurt Tyson. No, he doesn't have the offense to do that. But where do, where do you think a guy like Roy fits on the goat scale? Where would you put him as a fighter? Oh man, he's one of the top. Mm-hmm. He's one of the top. Man, and people, see, and that's the thing, right? People, people really follow boxing. First of all, you see what he did on Olympics. He wanted to go medal even though he didn't get the Yes, he did. Then he turned pro. And he was fighting good guys right out the block. Good, solid. Maybe they would have never been champs, but they were good, solid contenders. They weren't bums. No, no. And he, and he, was, he was destroying these guys and making them look like nothing. Guys that you would look when So that's the problem. Like, you would see him fight these guys, and he would, like, make them look like nothing. So people were thinking, oh, he's fighting bums. No, these guys weren't bums. They were pretty good, solid fighters, solid contenders, whatever. And he would just make them look like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, maybe it's fifth, sixth fight. He fought this one guy. 
I want to say Stefan Thompson. What I forgot his name, and he and he and he was a solid fighter. And he and he destroyed him, and he was destroying these guys. And think about he fights. He goes and fights Bernard, right? And it was a kind of a boring fight. I mean, he never hurt Bernard, but he dominated. Yeah, I right? mean, despite Bernard's and claim he, to the contrary, he, he couldn't hit him on the ass with a handful of rice. He was, it was, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Bernard, when I look at that fight, Bernard, I mean, I'll say, Bernard was a little cautious because he knew, right? Yeah. He, he was, he was, you know, he worked his defense because he knew. And uh, then he fights James Tony. Completely dominates James Tony. These are the two of the best guys at their weight at that time. I mean, I know Bernard hasn't won the title yet. Um, when and he fought Tony, that did, was... But he was, because I remember watching Bernard all the time in USA... New York State fights. I think Bernard was coming he up. Was I don't think he was one of the top fighters, right? Title. Yeah. No, no I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Roy. Oh, Roy. Sorry. Yeah, you went a little digital. Yeah. No, yeah, no, Roy, Roy had the, held the title at that point. Because Roy, yeah, so. he went on to do some really weird things. Like, he fought two guys in one night. Then he fought a semi, he played a semi-pro. No, 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 no. He didn't fight two guys in one night. He had a basketball game, and then he fought the guy. No, I've actually fought, he fought two guys as well. Uh-uh. Not, 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 unless it was an exhibition, he never did that pro-wise. He okay. never did that. Okay. But what I'm saying is, so he beats Bernard. Maybe Bernard wasn't coming up where he won the title, but Bernard was still one of the top guys. He beats him, right? No, like nothing. Then he moves up to super middleweight. And at that time, Tony was pound for pound number one, I believe. And he dominates James Tony. And then, like, the, the guy, and then the guys that he fights that are solid, like solid contenders, he destroys them. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he was a beast. At middleweight and super middleweight, he was a beast. And then he moves up to light heavyweight, and look what he does to Virgil Hill. Yes. With that body shot. And Virgil Hill was a good fighter after that. As a matter of fact, Virgil Hill winds up winning a, a cruiserweight title because I fought on that undercard. It was a pay-per-view fight. Yeah. Ah. Virgil Hill was, and, and he destroys him with the body shot. And I mean, at light heavyweight, maybe he wasn't knocking them all out now because you know they're bigger guys, right? Yeah. So kind of like how, kind of like how Floyd wasn't knocking everybody out when he moved up, but he would dominate at welterweight. But if you look at Floyd when he was like a junior lightweight, lightweight, he would destroy those guys too. So yeah, he was just man. I mean, and then he moves up, and yeah, he beat Ruiz, which is good. But I mean, Ruiz is Ruiz was a solid fighter, but he wasn't the best fighter at that no. point, right? Ruiz, he his name but he still moved up. Then move down. It was a past his prime Evander that made Ruiz's name. It wasn't necessarily Ruiz yeah. on himself. But Ruiz was, was always going to be a solid contender. You know what I mean? Sure. Just because he had skill. He had a good amateur pedigree. I remember seeing him fighting amateurs at light heavyweight. But the, what happened with Ruiz is when he was coming up as a prospect, they put him against David Tua. Right? I remember Tua. Tua was <laughs> And Tua destroyed him in one round. So now everybody kind of like, oh, who's this? Ruiz ain't no good because they based it on that fight. Right? Ruiz was a good solid fighter. You know, he was the type of fighter that in any era would have been a good solid contender. Maybe not a, a champion, but a good contender. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. he was honest, hardworking, tough. He had skill. He had the fundamentals. Yeah. So. But no, Roy Roy's one of the best. He is. Yeah, yeah I put him up there. How about Tyson, though? I mean, Tyson as a GOAT, obviously... He's one of those fighters that the older I get, the better he gets. But if you look at him on the heavyweight um, uh, 
scale. He never seems to factor as high as probably he deserves to. Um, how how would you put Tyson on that scale? Mm, man, they have some great heavyweights. Yeah. But I think in his prime, if, we, if, if we're talking about head-to-head, -head, right? Yes. I think in his prime, he yes. could have beat a lot of those guys head-to-head. And because he was a monster, I mean, he was a beast. I mean, he was same thing with him, right? Maybe I mean, he was finding these guys that was you know top solid contenders, and he was destroying them or dominating them in his prime when he was young. And to do that against these these like heavyweights when he's only like really five ten, right? I mean, you got to give it to him. I mean, he just, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, I think if if he would have fought. Holyfield, in the, when he was like before he went to jail, because when he got out of jail, he wasn't the same. He wasn't with the right people, and you could tell he didn't have the head movement. Kind of mm -hmm. like when Ali, right? You that's three years off. Some people come back, they okay, but if you if you look at Ali, it was basically three years that he took off too, right? Because of the whole uh, he, Vietnam. He, he changed drastically, actually, and he came back, and he wasn't the same. We lost his best. Same thing with Tyson. Tyson came back, he just wasn't the same. He was still at the top, but he wasn't where, the way he was before that. Mm. You know, and people were like, oh. And yeah, you, it showed like Buster beat him. That was Buster's night. Buster would Buster would have beat if Buster would have fought Holyfield that night like that. He would have beat Holyfield. Okay. You know, but when he came in and fought Holyfield, he was like, whatever. I made all this, you know. He, and that was Buster. Let's talk about Buster because Buster's problem was was here. Yes. He was like, eh, you know, he wasn't like this is it. Man, he did it basically because his pop, right? his pop was like a contender, this and that. But when he really wanted something. What he could do, you know. Yeah. So Buster was an yeah. unusual one. Um, Tyson, there's certain styles of boxers that gave Tyson fits. Like Bone Crusher Smith gave him massive problems because he just didn't want to fight Tyson's fight. Yeah, he stood back, used his reason, and he would hold. Yeah. So Tyson, you could, you yeah, collect box. paycheck and leave. Yeah, yeah you, you could box Tyson because other guys would box him because you know he think he's only five ten. So you mm -hmm. had guys like say Tony Tucker, right? He sold six. Yeah. Tony Tucker's what six five, right? Yep. He would jab, 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 and then maybe hold and this and that. But what what Buster did was he did that, but then he was also to push him off, able to push him off and fight him on the inside too, and make him pay with those uppercuts. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, Tyson, Tyson got to go up there. Yeah, I think so. I'm a Joe Lewis fan. Always have been. He's a uh, my advocate for the number one position. Um, not necessarily on a direct head to head simply because uh, of the time he was fighting. But yeah, he, the, weight, the weights were different, too. They were. I mean, he was, you know, like, like around that 215 mark. So he, he was 215, 220. He was no, big he was, size. Well, no, even, no. Well, in his prime, he was only, like, maybe, like, 190, 200 in his prime. Mm. Talking yeah. about when he was, like, you know, 22, 23. But if you look at the way Lewis fought, he was the first of the modern-style boxers, really. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of the guys before, like, were still doing that pour out and, and yeah. rush in and the, what the Dempsey style. Lewis was born. No, he was so he was for the heavyweights, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, no, he's, he's not a piece of his his punches was was, was so was so precise. Wow, wow, and short and compact. And yeah, I, I love the way he do punches. Yeah. And he was yeah, actually he, if you break him down, I did it for the guys a couple of weeks ago. I picked several highlights of his and actually broke it down what he was doing. And there's so much you miss if you don't know what you're looking at with him. Yeah, he 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 uh, he, he was a great offensive fighter. Right? Just just sit back, sit back, wow. Exactly that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like watching Joe Lewis fights. Yeah. Yeah.
So. Well, we've come to the end of our hour again. Holy shit, that was quick. That was quick. Yeah, that was real quick. That was a fast hour, man. We didn't. Even, we did yeah. get through half the stuff I wanted to. So you know, that's, that's right. it means we're gonna have to do it again. We have to do another one. Yeah. Uh, do that one. Yeah. <laughs> right, fantastic. You know what it was? We got we got into talking about a lot, a lot of the boxing. Which is never a bad thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, still, I still consider it the most honest of the sports. And certainly, yeah. you know, if you can box, that's 90% of your fights won, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, know. yeah, like Joe Lewis even said. I'm not talking about Joe Lewis, uh, the, the martial artist Joe Lewis, right? Yeah, the karate guy, yeah. He said, he said say, if, if, you, if you can't, he said, he, and he said this, right? Coming from karate and kickboxing, he says, if you can't box, you can't fight. And he was right. Now, with that said, you need to be able to fight. You need more than just boxing in this day and age. But boxing and wrestling and little submissions can't beat it. No, that's one hell of a mix right there. That's the recipe. Yeah. Everything else is just gravy and special effects on top. Yeah, you add on to it. Yeah, add on to what's good for you. <laughs> so, what do you? Let, let's very quickly just sum up. What's uh? What's Derek Sierra's immediate future? What are you working on right now, bro? Immediate nothing. Just, just, just um. Trying to get to these seminars now. There's a few I got coming up, like me being a student. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, just trying to do that. Um, get my training in that I haven't got in a while. And uh, as far as not so much media, but this week coming up, I'm a big part of the marshals. So the marshals, the deputy marshals, U.S. Marshal Service, mm -hmm. they never had a dedicated control tactics defensive tactics program once they left the, the academy right. for the field officers, right? It's like, okay, do, who's at the field office? Maybe this guy knows this, so he sees this guy's just at the field office. So now they're putting together a dedicated thing that's going to go out. Nice. You know, martial wide, and, and they invited me because, like, when I train the instructors, some of the marshals will come and do the training with me. So nice. they, hey, Zach, Scott, Derek. So they invited me to help out with that. So we had the first part which was just like meeting. So this week we're going to go into the gym and we're going to work the stuff and see what works and see what doesn't work. So I'm, I'm proud to be able to help out with that. that you know, that's a big thing right there. Well, that so. sounds like something that'll be a great lead into the Derek Sierra instructional series, which I'm hoping to be seeing sometime soon. Yeah. You know, I got to get the people to film it for me and put it together. So, well, that's what we yeah. want to do with the Budo brothers. And we're going to try that in with you getting up here to Calgary so I can at yeah. least get my seminar out of you that you promised me. You know? Yeah. No, once, once I get up there and, and I plan to get up there once the audience is over, I'll get up there, I'll do the seminar, and then we'll do the instructional series too. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Hopefully 2021. That's, yeah, that's what we'll go for. We'll stick to that. So, Brother, it's always a pleasure. As usual, anyone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, DJ Sierra 70 at yahoo.com. Mm -hmm. Or just Facebook, Derek Sierra. Put my name in and it, it, yeah, I'll pop up. Boom, there's only one pops up there. We know that. Yeah. Brother, thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll, uh, we'll book the next one soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you. I love doing this stuff. No, we love doing it with you too, man. All <laughs> right, right bro. Easy, everybody. <laughs> and there you go. It was Derek. Again, the hours fly by when you get these guests on. they got so much experience and knowledge. And as you've noticed, I don't often play the host. It's just me having a chat with my boys. <laughs> it's like, you know, you guys get the benefit from that. Um, so... Once more, just an absolute pleasure to talk to Derek. I find him a wealth of knowledge. He's very insightful and he's very perceptive in the way he does things. But the message, if you actually listen to him, it's the same one I keep preaching out to people as well. You get those fundamentals down, you put the honesty in your training and the rest of it will take care of itself. You don't have to start putting any extras in. There are no secrets. There are no hidden things. There are no better ways. The only way 
You just get in there, you grind it out, and then you get good. It's inevitable. All right, guys. So this is me signing off for this week. Thanks for sticking with us through uh, the slight technical glitchy bits. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And um, stay in touch soon. This is The Hound signing off. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other's. And always come out swinging. Take care, guys. Bye.